Hello. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. And I hope you had an amazing, interesting, full of uh, insights week, especially because we are still working with Mars Retrograde, which we're going to do until uh, the middle of January. And thanks a lot for those uh, <coughs> who arrived on Friday, it was, for the 2023 group. We had a very interesting talk uh, about the year ahead, and I'm going to do another one if you are in Los Angeles on December 4 at 5 p.m. I actually put the uh, link in the chat room, and if you're joining us in Instagram live, uh, the link is there as well. So let's uh, dive just right in to see what's happening next week, especially because next week is a very interesting week. We have uh, a very beautiful new moon uh, coming up on the 23rd. So that should be pretty interesting for us. But let me start off with uh, the week ahead so we can make better plans for the, f for the, for the week. So let's see, we are, what are we today? Today we are the 20th of November 2022. So what is happening today is the moon is in Libra. So if you still have a chance to do something today uh, as a Sunday, as a, as a day off, the day that belongs to the sun, it would be great if you can um, do something that represents peace for you, tranquility, a calmness, because the moon today and tomorrow is going to be uh, hosted by Libra, the sign of peace, beauty, design, colors, relationships, art, everything that has to do with harmony. Uh, in general, people ask me about that and how to work with the days and the zodiac. So first of all, today we are on Sunday. Obviously, Sunday is named after the sun. The sun is the ruler of Leo. Leo is a very special sign like Cancer because it has no other sign to share the rulership with because as you know Taurus for example in Libra have to share Venus's attention uh, Scorpio and Aries have to share share Mars's uh, rulership if you look at uh, uh, Aquarius and Capricorn they have to share Saturn's rulership but the beautiful thing about Leo and Cancer is that they are ruled by the sun and the moon and nobody has to share anything with them I always look at like, like in the uh, chessboard uh, the pieces of chess you have the sun which is very much the king and you have the moon which is very much the queen and all around them are the rest of the uh, what do you call them? The pieces, I guess. And they have multitude of them, like a lot of uh, the pawns, a lot of the two of the bishops, two of the towers, two of the horses. But what's special is the sun and the moon, the king and the queen, which is Leo and Cancer. So today, Sunday is ruled by Leo. So every time, it doesn't matter what your sign is, the minute you, Sunday comes in, you are in the realm of Leo. It's about fun, it's about happiness, it's about sports, it's about your kids, it's about um, being out there in the sun, even if there is no sun, just trying to do sunny things on Sunday because that is the day of Leo, the day of love, the day of happiness, the day of uh, creativity. If you look at Monday, Monday is ruled by, of course, the moon. So therefore, Monday belongs to Cancer. And it's interesting because cancer a lot of time talks about habits or things that we need or we do in a habitual way. That's why even in our human body, it relates to any kind of um, 
activities that you can't necessarily control with your reason that have to do or with being just a, a reflex or a, an instinct. So any kind of organ that is functioning that way is related to cancer. Therefore, cancer is associated with habits. Monday, uh, we have to go back to work. Uh, the habits again begin. So Monday is a day that can be very moody, not only because uh, we have to go to work after the weekend, but because it's ruled by cancer. But it's a day that you can give birth to a lot of new things. Tuesday is, of course, the day of Mars, the god of war. In the Bible, in Genesis, God blesses Tuesday twice. It says, um, God says, it is good, Kitov, twice on Tuesday. Therefore, uh, it's considered to be an auspicious day. A lot of people in uh, Judaism try to get married on Tuesday. That being said, Tuesday is ruled by Mars, the god of war, uh, which can be a little bit hyperactive. It's a god of seeds, by the way. It's the ancient green men. Funny enough, even though he's the red planet, which is uh, obviously the opposite color of green, it is basically Mars or Ares is the uh, offshoot of the, literally offshoot, of the god of seeds and the god of greenery, the green man, the consul, the husband of Mother Nature. So Tuesday is a day that is a little bit hyperactive. You can do a lot of things there, but it is also a day that is important to put seeds in the ground. Wednesday is the day that belongs to Mercury. It's in the middle of the week. is the messenger from the uh, one-week beginning to the one-week end. It's kind of interesting because the weekend is actually the beginning of the week because Sunday is the first day of the week, but it's located in the weekend. That's why the weeks are never linear. They're kind of cyclical if you think about it. Then we have um, on Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday is ruled by Mercury, so it's a great day for communication, writing, marketing, putting people together, connecting. Then we have Thursday, which is ruled by Jueves, ruled by Jupiter. Jupiter, it is a blessed day. It's a day of a lot of expansion, opportunities, a great day to start traveling. Uh, I mean, if you want to have a long, 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 long weekend. But Thursday is related to the day of truth. If you need to confess, if you need to uh, uh, come um, clean or something, Tuesday, uh, Thursday is definitely the day to do that. Then we have Friday, which is ruled by Venus, the goddess of love. It's a great day for dating, for cooking, for creativity, for art, for design, for anything that you would want to do with another person. And then we have a... Oop, I see that uh, I have a little... Yamaka, Yamaka of uh, light over there, at least in the Instagram you can see it. You see, I'm trying to kind of like link to it. Um, maybe it will bother some people, so I will do like this. Let's see if it, that covers it. Almost. So anyway, Friday is the day of uh, love, the day of happiness, the day of uh, creativity. Uh, it's not only because of thank God it's Friday. It should actually be thank Goddess it's Friday because it is the day that belongs to Venus. And finally, Saturday is ruled by Saturn. Maybe we'll talk about Saturn today. I'll see how it works. And Saturday is Saturn. It's a day to sit down. That's why in Hebrew it's called Shabbat. Shabbat comes from the same root as to Lashevet, to, to sit down. To uh, It's also the root for uh, a strike, Lishbot, which is kind of interesting. It's basically uh, you go on strike and you don't work. You're supposed to kind of be much more relaxed. It's a day of meditation. It's the day when rest was created. It's not true that God didn't do anything on Saturday. God created the concept of, the, of um, rest, of meditation, of um, dreaming perhaps. 
So that's a Saturday. So if you look at the days, these are the days, the rulers of the signs. But if you actually look at the signs themselves, we have Sunday is Leo, Monday is Cancer, Tuesday is Aries and Scorpio, Wednesday is Virgo and Gemini, Saturday, Thursday is Pisces and Sagittarius and Friday is Libra and Taurus and Saturday is Aquarius and Capricorn. So if you need any kind of uh, connection to the signs, that's always going to be good. If we're back to this week specifically, Sunday, we have that really interesting combination today of Scorpio. We have the last two days of Scorpio before we sail into Sagittarius on Tuesday, which is going to be the first day of Sagittarius, which is also going to be the new moon in Sagittarius. It's the moon and the sun are coming together and moving away from Scorpio into Sagittarius. It's a big shift of energy happening Tuesday. But today, the moon is in Libra. The moon in Libra means that we instinctively behave like a Libra which is all about peace and beauty and makeup and and creativity and uh, relationships, compromises. You know, we can't really be completely ourselves because we put some makeup on. Um, we uh, put new beautiful dress on us or beautiful clothes. We connect into fashion. It's a more superficial uh, aspect of the zodiac, let's say. And the sun is in Scorpio, which is considered to be the deepest part of uh, the zodiac. So we have today this back and forth between wanting to go into some kind of a cocktail party situation and, and have some chit chat and the idea of Scorpio of having deep, deep conversation with someone. So it's an interesting combination. And as you know, uh, we are coming to the cusp, to the end of Scorpio. So things are starting to light up because when Scorpio is in the middle of Scorpio, as it was for the last, let's say the last two weeks, if it was more intense for you than normal, well, yeah, welcome to Scorpio. Uh, it was the eclipses also, but it's also was because Scorpio was in the middle. The middle of Scorpio is the, the more scariest part of Scorpio. As we move closer to the cusp with Sagittarius, things start to light up much more because Sagittarius is happy-go-lucky and carefree and optimistic, and that's why it's the most popular sign. So today, the moon is in Libra, supposed to be kind of peaceful. Also tomorrow, on Monday, we're going to have the shift uh, between the moon in Libra into the moon in Scorpio. You're going to feel like the energy is going down, not necessarily because it's worse or bad, but because Libra is an air sign. It's all the way up there. Scorpio is at the depth of the ocean, so it's not only even diving into the water. It's going deep, deep, deep inside, all the way deep to the point where you can't really tell where is up and where is down, which is you know, one of the water sicknesses that you can say Scorpio suffers from. They're so deep that sometimes they don't even know how to come up to uh, breathe air. What is air? Air is associated with reason or logic or more objectivity. So the problem with Scorpio is that they can be very subjective. But anyway, it's almost the end of uh, Scorpio tomorrow. Tomorrow is the last day of Scorpio. So if you need to do something awfully Scorpio-ish, tomorrow is your last day to do that. Anything to do with your passion, intimacy, sexuality, transformation, everything that has to do with... Uh, um, connecting to intimacy, killing things that you are not uh, don't need in your uh, life anymore. Tomorrow is your last day. And then we're going to move into Sagittarius. And now I just had the thought, because I'm thinking about how Black Friday and, um, how do you call it, the uh, Monday... 
the Cyber Monday that comes after. The, these are all new concepts because in Israel we didn't have them when we were growing up. I wonder if they have it right now. But anyway, uh, it's interesting that all of these are celebrated during Sagittarius, which is very suspicious to me because Sagittarius is the most large, giving, generous, spending-oriented sign. So no wonder uh, all the sales for the holidays is done during Sagittarius because imagine it would have been reversed. Imagine thanks imagine um christmas would have been during sagittarius and capricorn would be the month leading to it it would have been completely different it would have been a very religious holiday maybe christmas but nobody would buy anything and it wouldn't be the time of the year that saves uh, all of the small businesses or large businesses by people buying 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 so the Shopping therapy would not have been as intense, but because Sagittarius is leading up to Capricorn, so Capricorn is getting the bills of what Sagittarius basically spent in order to celebrate the holidays that are in Capricorn, if that makes sense. So Sagittarius is the sign of Jupiter, larger than life, optimistic. You know, when Pluto was in in Sagittarius is when all of these sub-mortgages and all these uh, toxic mortgages were sold here in America because everybody felt very optimistic and I'm very optimistic about my future uh, prospect financially. So yeah, why not uh, uh, take a loan or why not give a loan to people that might not be able to afford it? That's Pluto in Sagittarius that was in the 90s and the beginning of the 2000s. So Sagittarius definitely is over-optimistic. It's very much uh, saying, yes, we can, and it loves to spend, spend money, spend energy. But um, that's probably one of the reasons why Black Friday and the whole period leading up to Christmas is such a big spending uh, spree for everybody. It's Sagittarius. So in two days, you're going to get it also. In two days, yeah. In uh, Tuesday, we're going to move into Sagittarius. But before that, the moon is going to be in Libra uh, tomorrow on Monday, but it's going to move into Scorpio. Now, it's always interesting because, yes, traditionally, Scorpio moon is considered to be fallen. It's the worst place for the moon to be is in Scorpio. But it always depends where the sun is at the same time, because if the moon is moving in Tuesday, end of Monday, Tuesday to Scorpio, but we are during Scorpio period of uh, m- the month of Scorpio, it's actually not that bad because the sun and the moon support each other. So you always, uh, you, there are certain objective things or, or absolute things about the moon. The moon, when it's in Taurus, is always good. It's um, uh, the moon of success. When the moon is in Capricorn, it is creating delays and difficult, but it's always important to see what is the relationship to the sun, meaning what month are we now in the zodiac, and that could also influence for worse or for better the position of the moon. So the moon, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, ah, the 23rd is not even a Tuesday, it's um, Wednesday is uh, the 23rd. Yeah, that's why I didn't sit for me well. But anyway, Monday and Tuesday, when the moon is going to be in Scorpio, Because the sun is still in Scorpio, it's going to actually enhance it. So it's going to be a great time for investigation. Uh, It's a great time for, again, uh, communicating your intimacy, especially because Mercury is now on top of Venus. It's a great time to work with uh, relationships, communication between partners, healing relationships, couple therapy. When Mercury, the communicator, is on top of Venus, which is what's happening today, tomorrow, Tuesday, great time for communication with your partner. It's also a great time to connect uh, anything to do with creativity, beauty, design, colors, and communication. 
So if you need to sell art or if you need your art to be more communicative or if you need to express your um, connection to anything to do with the five senses, this is a great time to do it right now. Especially if you can wait until uh, Tuesday when the sun officially moves into Sagittarius or to Wednesday when the moon will join them. So we're definitely moving from a period of Monday, Tuesday, which will be more connected to Scorpio, into a very hardcore Sagittarius influence that is starting tomorrow, uh, t uh, Tuesday, but it's going to be very complete Wednesday and Thursday. We'll see it in a second. So if we look at um, the 22nd, it is the first day of Sagittarius, and we enter Sagittarius with the Sabian symbol that is um, a grand army of the... Republic Campfire. Hmm. Well, Campfire, I can understand. It's Sagittarius. The idea is that tomorrow, uh, sorry, Tuesday is the day, the first day of Sagittarius. For 30 days, we're going to be all Indiana Joneses. Uh, Sagittarius is very much that combination of adventure and intellectual pursuit. So anything to do with traveling through uh, airplanes and through cars and th with your tent or with your horses, anything to do with movement, but also traveling with your mind. So that's why Sagittarius relates to higher education, truth, philosophy. So we're moving in. It's kind of interesting how now that I think about it. Okay, in Libra, two people meet because Libra is all about relationship, even if it's the interrogator and the uh, interrogatee, if you can say that, or the person who's being interrogated. Then on a when Scorpio comes in, which is the sign of research, it's the sign of spies, it's the sign of the military, it's the sign of investigation, then we have the interrogation. Scorpio is projecting that light on that um, uh, individual and we are interrogating them in Scorpio. Sagittarius is the truth and that's when the truth is coming out of the interrogation. So what is happening if the universe has interrogated us for the last 30 days, or if you think about what was going on in the world in the last 30 days, a lot of it had to do with uh, other people's money, other people's talents. Like we said, the great um, uh, FTX uh, scandal that was going on, the everything that was going on with Qatar, that uh, you're not allowed to drink alcohol, you're not allowed to be gay. I'm pretty sure if they would have been their own way, there would be a separation in the uh, stadiums between men, when men, men and women, or maybe even they will come up with a law that women are not allowed to be there. But the idea is that we're coming from a lot of no's that have to do with sexuality, other people's money, other people's talents, because all of that is very much a Scorpio. And we're going to move now into an element of fire, Sagittarius, which is much more about action, movement, doing things, learning, teaching, traveling, foreign cultures, foreign traditions, mass media. So all of that is opening up in uh, for all the, from November 22nd up until the solstice, which is going to be December 21st, 22nd. So we're now having, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, the days getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And that's one of the beautiful thing about Sagittarius, because Sagittarius is the sign of optimism. And when is it celebrated? During the worst time of the year in the Northern Hemisphere, when the days are getting shorter and shorter until they become super dark right on the solstice, Solstice happen, the winter solstice, the longest night of the day when the goddess is pregnant with the god of light. And that, that's why on the solstice, the god of light is born and the, day, the nights are getting a little bit shorter and the days are getting longer. So Sagittarius is that 
time in the year where in the Zodiac real estate that the days are getting shorter and shorter and shorter in the Northern Hemisphere. And it's funny that actually that is the sign, Sagittarius, of truth, of philosophy, and of optimism. So that's kind of the hidden message of the Zodiac, that it is during this period that considered to be the darkest that hope and um, optimism and the truth is actually being born. So it is in the darkness that we can find the connection to our truth. And that's what's happening to us for 30 days starting from November 22nd. We are connecting to our truth, to our authenticity. We are going to be rewarded by telling the truth, by exposing the truth. That's one of the reasons why in astrology, at least, even if it's not the situation in Fox News and other uh, outlets out there, that Truth is supposed to be part of mass media because in astrology, Sagittarius rules mass media, mass communication. So Sagittarius being the truth and Sagittarius being everything that has to do with delivering news to the masses, that's supposed to be congruent. It's supposed to be synonymous, mass media and truth. Unfortunately, since 1987, at least in the United States, with the laws that Reagan actually started separating truth from mass media, uh, we ended up having with Newmax and uh, QAnon and Fox News and friends. So that's part of the breaking away, you can say, from um, the premises of Sagittarius, unfortunately. But the idea is that Sagittarius is philosophy. It is wisdom. So it is during that period of 30 days every year that you examine your philosophies. You're looking deep into what do you believe and what do you want to promote? Again, mass media. What do you want to publish? Meaning, what do uh, people want to know about you, basically, and about your message. It's also the sign of teaching. So during this period, the next 30 days, you're going to discover what you could teach and what you can learn. So it will be interesting for you to pay attention to it and to see if there are certain um, subjects or certain interests that are starting to surface, which could be things that you're supposed to learn in order for you later on to teach or things that you need to teach and therefore it's time for you to learn. So anything to do with intellectual pursuits, especially education, is going to be very important in the next 30 days. And of course, traveling or at least making plans to travel. I told you, travel either with your head or with your um, feet. So definitely a very shifting energy happening on uh, November 22nd. Even though the moon is still hanging out to Scorpio, so it's almost as if we still have a cord attached to, to Scorpio for a few more days, uh, and then it's going to be completely released when Jupiter, uh, when the new moon starts on uh, the 23rd, 24th of November. So that day, the Tuesday, what it is good for is good for, like we said, education, truth, philosophy. Um, besides that, we have uh, the... Um, is anything else happening there? Yeah, there is the opposition of Pluto opposite to uh, Minerva. We've been dealing it for the last week or so. So maybe that is also related to what's going on with the FTX because the truth came out. It's the goddess of wisdom that have brought a lot of uh, uh, what was going on there. And the trine between Mars and Saturn that we've been talking about for the last um, week is going to get stronger and stronger because Mars is going to retrograde more and more towards a perfect trine with Saturn, which is going to be the end of this week, which is a great time to make things happen. Even though Mars is retrograde, still, it's a great um, 
consolidating energy or crystallizing action for long term. So anything that demands a long time to manifest, that will be a really good time, the end of this week and beginning of next week. If we look at um, the 23rd, the 23rd is beginning our eclipse, uh, our, sorry, our new moon, because in some places in the world, we're already going to have the moon moving into Sagittarius. The new moon is going to be November 23rd and 24th, and the energy is going to be really shifting. First of all, before it happens, we're going to have in Wednesday a beautiful trine of water. It's kind of rare. You're going to have the moon, which is a very watery uh, planet. You have Neptune and Jupiter, both of them the ruler of traditional, the modern ruler of Pisces, which is very much water, and you have Minerva in Cancer, which is water. So we have a beautiful trine of protection um, on uh, Wednesday. So Wednesday is an interesting day to feel emotions, to connect to feelings. And even though we're moving into Sagittarius, uh, which is a fire sign, we have kind of like the last hooray uh, of um Water. So there's going to be definitely a shift Wednesday, Thursday from water to fire, from feminine to masculine. But before that on Wednesday, beautiful day again to connect to home and family, anything to do with real estate, anything to do with healing uh, situations within the family, extended family or your family of origin or your new family. There's a lot of wisdom, especially coming from feminine energy. So it could be counselors or therapists that are women. It could be teachers that are women. It could be your yoga teacher that is a woman. It's more feminine wisdom. So it could also be coming from a man, but it needs to be something that is reflective kind of wisdom or a wisdom that projects light into places that were dark before. The fact that Neptune and Jupiter and the moon and Minerva are sending beautiful trine Pay attention to dreams. So Wednesday, Wednesday especially, Wednesday night, Tuesday night even, really try to write down your dreams. There seems to be a lot of uh, dream quest, meaning that that would be a great time for you to focus on something that you need answers from the dreams and really dedicate that night to dream about a specific uh, situation in your life. Especially it's important because on November 23rd, Jupiter is stationary. And remember we talked about Jupiter stationary is giving you an insight into all of the gifts that you have that you can receive or that you can give. This happens once a, a year that Jupiter is going to be um, it's two times a year, almost two times a week, a year, that uh, you have these two periods of stationary before retrograde, stationary after retrograde. It's um, a time where there's going to be a lot of connection, again, to intuition, dreams, philosophy, anything to do with um, a, your mystical energy. It's really opening up on Wednesday. So we can declare Wednesday as the day of um, mysticism. It's also extending to November 24, uh, by the way, just because Jupiter is going to be stationary in um, um, the 23rd and the 24th, for right on the new moon and the day after the new moon, which is not too bad for us because for the last few months Jupiter was retrograde he was holding on a lot of the gifts a lot of the positivity that was supposed to be given to you it's almost as if it was in escrow you can call it a, a celestial escrow so Jupiter was keeping all the benefits positivity expansion growth doors opening whatever that you are supposed to receive keeps it for you safe you know and then is going to release it on November 25, right? For uh, people who here celebrate... Wait, when do you guys celebrate Thanksgiving? On the November 24, 25? I guess 24, right? 
Thursday. Hmm. Um, uh, we don't have it in Israel, and, and, I, and I, don't, I lived in Mexico. We didn't have it. Uh, we didn't have it in Australia when I lived there. So I still haven't gotten used to it completely. And I usually travel during that time to Europe, which we don't, don't have it. But anyway, it is making sense to, uh, it does make sense, let's say that, to celebrate it on Thursday because of um, Jueves. Jueves is Jupiter. Giving is related to Jupiter. Thanking give, for giving is related to Jupiter. And it's the day of, th Thursday is the day of Jupiter. And it's going to be uh, almost a new moon. So actually, it's a pretty interesting day for you guys. So let's look again. If we look at um, Wednesday, we call it the day of mysticism. Great. Jupiter is stationary. Jupiter is also going to be stationary during Thanksgiving. Now that it's officially on Thursday, right? So we're going to have the sun in Sagittarius, moon in Sagittarius, Venus in Sagittarius, Mercury in Sagittarius. Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter and Jupiter is going to be stationary in his own sign, Pisces, which is great. It's going to have a trine to wisdom. So you're going to gain a lot of wisdom in your Thanksgiving dinner. It's actually a really nice, positive energy overall. Uh, that day, you have beautiful trines. The Saturn and, um, and Mars trines are getting closer and closer. There is hardly any opposition. There is no opposition, actually. That's great. I'm not saying everything is going to be super easy because... You know, when you meet your family or you travel, or, you know, it's not always the easiest. But compared to regular Thanksgivings, uh, it should be great. Let's look at what the um, Sabian symbol is for that. Uh, two men playing chess. Oh, I just mentioned chess. But um, yeah, it's going to be a new moon. So new beginnings. Venus is going to be on top of the moon. Moon is home and family. Venus is relationship, partnerships, uh, collaborations, compromises, getting along with each other. Well, I mean, let's say this. If you are celebrating Thanksgiving, you have a lot to thank for and it should be going pretty well. The The only thing is a little bit of an opposition, but it's still not there between Mars and all the planets in Sagittarius. That's going to be later down the, uh, the month, uh, maybe towards the beginning of December. That can be a little bit more challenging because, as you know, Mars is now retrograde in Gemini and he's going to be opposing uh, all of these planets that are in uh, Sagittarius. But overall, if you look at the axis of Gemini and Sagittarius, in the end of this week, especially on Wednesday and Thursday, we have 50% of the chart is basically located in Gemini, Sagittarius. Questions about truth versus lies. Questions about my uh, country versus other people's countries. Uh, my culture versus other cultures. Lower education versus higher education. But the idea is that everything that has to do with information and flow of information is going to be in the spotlights in the next uh, week or so. If we look at uh, what's going on Friday, it's the 25th. Uh, we have the moon still in Sagittarius. So if you're still hanging out with the family, it should be still going well. But November 25 does show a little bit more opposition between the moon and Saturn. So there could be some more fights within the family. Maybe after the drinking too much in Thanksgiving, the morning after, you know, uh, some um, uh, ricochet might be flowing out there. So if you are... A little bit more emotional, a little bit more aggressive, especially towards family members. Just chill out and relax. Mars is retrograde. Don't start any fights. And it will pass if you can survive until Thursday. And in sorry, until Saturday. And on Saturday, the moon is shifting into Capricorn. It's a different energy altogether. It's a little bit more slow, a little bit more karmic. And we're gonna have 
very tight connection between Mars and Saturn. So all of next week is also going to be guided by that energy of getting things done, making things happen. Don't forget, uh, the end of the year, we're talking about um, right around Christmas, a little bit after, we have another Mercury retrograde with Mars retrograde. So that's going to be very tension uh, related. So everything you need to now accomplish, you have almost like a month before Mars, uh, Mercury uh, are going to be retrograde. Therefore, you still have now four weeks or so to push everything that you want to uh, move forward and not to take with you uh, to the next year. Now let's look at what is going on uh, with... Um, so somebody asked about Sabian symbols. So the Sabian symbols are interesting. They've been been used for a long, long time, uh, for almost like a hundred years. Yeah, they were conceived in two in um, I think it was nineteen uh, twenty nineteen twenty something around that time. Uh, they were here in here in uh, San Diego, actually in a park in San Diego. Um, and it was channeled by this um, psychic that every as every degree in the zodiac we have 360 we're given an image a sign in a sense uh, some kind of uh, a scene sometimes it's a beautiful little scene um, and it's supposed to color the degree of that zodiac to explain its essence or to give us clues about what could possibly happen and since it's been a hundred years, people have been testing it. I've been testing it. And I can't say that every degree is absolutely right all the time. I think they kind of like, like everything. They kind of pulse, they wobble uh, in and out of relevance in a sense. But sometimes I find them extremely helpful. So here we have, for example, the November 23rd, the uh, um, New moon, it's going to be at um, uh, 11 p.m. London time. So you can calculate it on November 23rd. And what you can see is the sun and the moon is one degree Sagittarius. And I always told you the degrees number is also crucial. And one degree basically talks about a unity, a new beginning. So not only the sun and the moon come together, they come together. They do so uh, with number one. Uh, oneness in a sense and the Sabian symbol is an ocean covered with white caps and you know uh, when an ocean waves break air and seawater mix to form these white caps beneath the surface of the white caps a mixture of air and seawater form a violent violent turbulent flow known as bubble plum but it's interesting because it's a mix for me energetically speaking or like alchemically speaking between air and water as you know air and water are elements that don't get along very well i always tell fish can't fly uh, birds can't swim right uh, we're talking about the signs pisces scorpio and cancer not always getting along very well with gemini aquarius and libras because it's reason versus emotion. Sometimes it's hard to be a high IQ and high EQ. Sometimes it's difficult to be uh, the combination of somebody that feels and somebody that thinks. You know, all the Greek tragedies uh, are this tension between reason and passion. And that's what creates the waves. And what waves? Waves are movement of energy. They're disturbance of energy over time and space. And the white caps that kind of create this uh, bubbly uh, feeling that supposedly this is part of our new moon uh, idea 
coming up is that it is a mixture of EQ and IQ, intellect and emotions, feelings and thoughts. Uh, so that's something to pay attention to. It happened to be kind of relevant because I just told you about how on the same day that this um, new moon is happening or the day before, sorry, we have this beautiful triangle of water and then it's moving into a fire and we have this whole period. Mars is retrograde in Gemini, which is an air sign. So it definitely kind of like mixes everything. That's why we can see even in the news um, Trump is going to come back to Twitter. Yes, but he doesn't want to come back. He wants to say in his truth uh, uh, social media, right? There is this very much back and forth that is happening. And that's very much what we talked about as part of that Mars in Gemini. And the new moon in Sagittarius can bring a whole new blanket of truth, in a sense, or the unveiling of truth. So especially when Jupiter is going to be releasing and going forward after being retrograde for months. So that when we have the uh, that's when we have the new moon. The new moon is actually blessed by um, the moon, new moon. No, it's actually it's kind of left alone there. The moon is not that far from Venus, not that close, eight degrees, eight degrees to Mercury. But it's overall not a very disturbing uh, new moon. It's supposed to actually flow and connect you to some kind of um, maybe ability to mix together what you feel and what you think, what you think about your feelings and what you feel about your thoughts maybe. So Jupiter is in Pisces, as some of you know. Uh, and in the book of 2022, I actually mentioned how Jupiter in Pisces can create a lot of floodings and a lot of uh, issues in water. And I just uh, saw this image from uh, Australia Bureau of uh, Meteorology. And it, it basically issued a major flood warning areas because of a dam that basically a, a large dam that collapsed and water was flowing everywhere. And I was thinking about the 33 million people that were displaced in, in, in Afghanistan, sorry, in Pakistan. So there's a lot of these um, movements, you can say, that is having to do with water because of Jupiter being in Pisces. Jupiter is going to be in Pisces until the solstice, until December 20th. The, uh, so that can continue, definitely. The issue is that Saturn in March 7 next year is moving into Pisces. I talk about it a lot in the book. There's a whole section about, historically speaking, what happened there. But Saturn in Pisces can be a little bit worse because it means that there's going to be flood and droughts at the same time. Because Saturn in Pisces holds back the water and then it releases it unproportionately. So definitely 2023, 24, 25, we're going to have Saturn karma challenges, action and reaction. You know, actions that we took as humans in the past are going to have a reaction uh, in uh, 2023, 24, 25. So definitely places that are by oceans, by rivers, by lake, islands are going to have a big deal. Actually, in the book, I talk about how the other two times we had issues between Taiwan and China was during Saturn in Pisces. The other thing is, uh, yeah, I sent you guys a, 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 an email about the Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX um, uh, issue and how in 2008 we had the great, uh, the great recession started. Pluto moved into Capricorn. Whenever Pluto moves a sign, there is always a financial upheaval. And next time Pluto is moving a sign, as you know from the book of 2021, 
sorry, book of 2023 that I just published. It's going to be another such uh, event. And then I checked to see that the Barney uh, Madoff Ponzi scheme, the biggest Ponzi scheme in the history of humanity, also happened in 2008 when Pluto moved from one sign to the other. It moved from Sagittarius to Capricorn. And the whole idea was that Pluto in Capricorn was supposed to uh, transform and change the traditional industries of financial industry, right? Because Capricorn is all about tradition. And that's one of the reasons why at that time the cryptocurrencies, the blockchain became very, very uh, prominent because people were looking for a new way of dealing with finance, right? It gave them a big push. And now that in Pluto is about to move in a few months into Aquarius, which is the sign of technology, innovation, Pluto uh, in Aquarius is basically, a, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, which is the planet we talked about it that has to do with cryptocurrency. It was the planet that was sitting on the eclipse on October, on November 8th, when this whole story broke up with uh, FTX. So it's kind of interesting how the planets are conspiring to make changes there. And I was talking about that also about uh, the name, his name. Sorry, I kicked myself. And also the fact that he is a Pisces going through his Saturn return. And it's interesting because Pisces can get awfully confused, including uh, the confusion of where did $1 billion uh, of my customers' money go? You know, it's, it's about one big Alice in Wonderland. But uh, I thought about it a little bit more even. And it's really interesting that this whole thing is happening right now with the cryptocurrency when Saturn is still in Aquarius. And Aquarius is the sign of technology, innovation, communities, group. You know, even when you talk about blockchain, they're, they're a community of computers, in a sense, that are generating these tokens. And if you think about um, Aquarius, Aquarius is not only about technology and people. Aquarius is also about um, altruism. It's considered to be the sign of altruism, nonprofit, philanthropic work, humanitarian work. Well, now, why is it so important? Well, the idea is that when we, when I analyzed the name last week of uh, Sam, talked about it. Sam is Samuel. Samuel means um, to lend from God. El in Hebrew means God. Sam, Samuel, Shammai is to lend, lend to borrow. When you have only Sam. You only borrow without God. So I guess that's the problem of Sam. Maybe Sam should go back to Samuel and force people to say, Samuel, it's less cool and it's less um, um, maybe his vibe, but it might serve him better and all of his uh, investors and all his creditors much better. So instead of Sam, it should be Samuel. At least you lend and borrow from God and not from uh, cryptocurrency. But anyway, Samuel is to lend bankmen. You know, itself uh, evident what it means. And fried, yes, the, the funny aspect of it is he was fried, but really it comes from Yiddish and from German, which is fried, and fried means peace. And I was thinking about it because, you know, in a lot of the interviews, and I kept, I gave you um, an example in the newsletter. It's all about, if you go to my website, cosmicnavigator.com, it's under uh, the blog, under Learn. You can see that uh, piece I wrote about his name and about the FTX and in relation to what's happening with the planet. After I talked to you guys, I did it because it's kind of like helped me concentrate or, or, or focus my thoughts about it. But then, you know, I was reading about, I really felt it like looking at his chart, I did believe that his plan was to make a lot of money in order to give that money. I think that this year he alone, he gave $100 million. So I do believe that in 
the end of his name, there was that element of wanting to create global peace or peace in general or find inner peace. I do believe him. And maybe it will still be possible. Maybe in his second Saturn return, he will find that peace. But then I was reading about what philosophy actually really influenced him. And it's something called EA, not IA, not intel, not artificial intelligence, but EA. And EA basically means effective altruism. It's a, it's a philosophical and social movement that started in Oxford by philosophers. And the whole idea is why take little jobs, manual jobs in a nonprofit or politics where you make no money and maybe you make no difference. Why not, uh, these philosophers believe, make as much money as you can as fast as possible and give it all away. So I do believe that Sam Bankman-Fried did plan eventually to be some kind of a Francisco of Assisi and make a lot of money and give it away. Actually, Francisco of Assisi didn't give his own money. He gave his father's money. But never mind. I'm talking about him specifically. Make a lot of money and then give it away. Which sounds great. I mean, if every person on the planet would do that, especially in the tech business where they make a lot of money, I mean, we could get rid of hunger. We could probably get rid of all the corruption that causes wars and so forth. It would be great. Uh, the only thing that there is a little bit of a logical failure in it. When I was thinking yesterday, I was going on a run and I was thinking a lot about this effective um, altruism and how now it got a big blow because of what happened with FTX, which basically was the golden child of this philosophy, the idea of making billions of dollars so fast. I think that FTX was worth $32 billion. So he was where Sam was worth 16 billion. If he would have given 6 billion out there, I think that the, the Alan Musk, I think, asked the UN how much money they would need to get rid of world hunger. And I think it was 6 billion. And eventually, of course, he didn't do it uh, because he said he will do it when they give him a number. So even if it's 10 billion, even if it's 11 billion, 16 billion, if he would have just given it away just before this whole scandal, that would have been very nice. So... It's great. The only problem then I thought about it is that that's where the issue is. That's why it failed. Because ultimately this uh, FTX and Sam went down because of greed. Because, because of greed, basically. Greed is the issue here. It's not like, oops, where's the money gone? I, I, I'm, I'm sure I placed it in one of my pockets. I'm sorry, I went, uh, I put it in the laundry. Okay, it's not the situation. The situation is pure greed. And the reason why we have so much problem in the world that we need effect, effective uh, philosophy or effective altruism to deal with is because of greed. So the idea of coming to people and telling them make a lot of money, especially young people that are um, very you know, creative and very vulnerable and very, um, very open in a sense, is that they might not be realizing that they're feeling under pressure to make as much money as possible, to give all that money, to get rid of uh, all the bad things on the planet that are coming from greed, that they become greedy doing that in order to make it faster. You know, So it doesn't really matter what is the source of the greed, if it's for greed for other people to get more money or greed for you to get more money. Uh, greed is greed. So you can't burn, you can't, you can't, you know, fix this situation by um, fighting fire with fire in a sense. 
So I think that there is something really flawed in the whole idea of effective altruism. I think it's a great idea, but I think the fact that you call it effective altruism and saying that your altruism is the most efficient one or effective one, and that's what people should do as fast as possible, that's nonsense. People should be altruistic, however they want to be it, however they want to do it, but without the element of greed and the rush into it. You know, it reminds me, I was in Guadalajara, uh, that's when I learned astrology and Kabbalah, and I was introduced to Kundalini Yoga when I was riding, uh, when I was running one day in Columbus Park uh, in Guadalajara. I saw this group of people do Kundalini Yoga. They're all dressed in white under the, uh, like a little uh, pagoda there in the park. And I joined them and I became friends with the teacher. And he was, uh, after a few months of doing this yoga, he was very, very... Um, Anxious, I asked him, what's going on? Is there a problem with the family? And he says, no, Yogi Bhajan is coming to visit Guadalajara. That was 97, I think. He was still alive. And I said, you know, okay, who's Yogi Bhajan? Oh, Yogi Bhajan is the one that came up with Bukundalini Yoga, blah, blah, blah. He's his master, his guru. Oh, I said, so that's great. Your master is coming to visit you. You have these beautiful classes here. We'll be very happy. He says, no, 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 you don't understand. He wants me to make more money so I can give the 10% back to um, uh, the community, right? Because uh, 10%, a tieth or whatever you call it, is uh, the kund in the Kundalini realm, a uh, Kundalini society, you have to give. And at that time, you had to give it over the, to the organization of Yogi Bhajan, whatever. So he was under pressure because his guru told him that if he is really working on his spirituality, he should be making and manifesting way more money so that he can give way more money to his community. And I remember he was under pressure the whole time. He didn't enjoy his visit. He was reprimanded by Yogi Bhajan every day about being poor in Mexico because, you know, it's not that easy to make money in Mexico and he didn't want to go into the narco style, you know. So I thought about how flawed is that idea of forcing your constituents, forcing the people that in your community to make more money so they can give you the 10% more. You know, I felt it's really stupid. And then when I came over to the uh, United States and I met more people in the community of the Kundalini um, that were close to Yogi Bhajan, I realized they do the same thing. They started getting into mortgages. They started getting into selling and buying cars and stuff. So much monkey business just to satisfy that idea of kind of similar effective altruism. So we always have to be, I think, careful with our philosophies. And maybe we're talking about it now uh, because we're moving into Sagittarius very soon, which is the sign of uh, philosophy. Uh, also, what I read today is that blockchain in general uh, was is going now through a 14-year um, it's 14 years, let's say, that blockchain has the technology is being active. And I thought, okay, that makes sense why it's so much in the spotlight right now. Remember, we talked about it many, many times, the seven year each. The reason why is because seven is half of 14 or 15, which is half of the cycle of Saturn. So what we're talking about every seven years, there is a square, you know, a square that is related to the cycles of Saturn. So 14, 15 years is also very crucial. That's why when you're 14, 15, you're going through your rite of passage, you get your blood, you get your puberty, your voice changes, your body changes because you're going through this half of your Saturn return. Um, and it's um, kind of interesting that just a few weeks ago, it was a business of, uh, or it was a world of $3 trillion. And now after the uh, last eclipse in Scorpio, that is reduced to $800 billion. 
uh, worldwide. Uh, the other thing that's happened to us in relation to um, Saturn return, which is interesting, is the COP27. It kept, came to an end. And this is from uh, Reuters' uh, headline. It says, deal del COP27 deal delivers landmark on loss and damage, but little else. Basically, what happened is that the whole conversion was about moving money back and forth from rich countries to poorer countries. Uh, God knows where the money will go because a lot of times there's so much corruption that I don't know if it's going to get into really helping uh, the people that suffered from it. But that's besides the point. They came to absolutely no agreement about nothing. Part of the reason is that there were 630 lobbyists from fossil fuel industry running around uh, uh, there, and there was a representative from Russia, China, and Saudi Arabia that sabotaged any kind of commitment to uh, you know, stopping the use of oil. So it really was a kind of a sham um, a convention. But for me, what was really interesting is to look at what was the last... First of all, the fact that it's COP27 kind of raised eyebrow for me at least, uh, because 27 means that it started 27 years ago in 1995, which means that this whole organization of the UN, uh, COP UN at least, is going through a Saturn return. 27 to 30 is a period when you have to really re-examine what it's all about. And maybe this is part of the reason now that uh, this uh, COP27 was focused more on how to compensate poor countries because the rich countries are the ones that actually uh, polluted or started the polluting process or still polluting the most, and the poor countries are those that suffer it. So it was more about reckoning so maybe that's the Saturn return that was going on right now and next year and the next year after is that developed countries have to come to recognize their responsibility in the situation. And that's why we're now entering the Saturn return of these um, uh, international treaties. If you think about it, uh, it was during Saturn in Aquarius, 1992. Again, Aquarius is communities, people, that countries joined together to international treaty. Governments are ruled by Aquarius, the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. Um, then in Saturn was in Pisces. That's why it's a Saturn return. In 1995, countries launched negotiations to strengthen the global response to climate change. And two years later, adopted the Kyoto uh, Protocol. The Kyoto Protocol, which is the initiation of something practical, actually happened when Saturn was in Aries, the first of the signs. And the signs that is supposed to really start the fight, you can say, the fight to save the planet. So that's just how uh, Saturn... Uh, works with that. Um, now let's um, see if there's any questions or uh, doubts or issues. Let's see. Sabian symbol. Mars retrograde is going to be done in the middle of January. Um, if... Um, uh, the best day to send something I would say that probably Wednesday and Thursday uh, will be great but if you need to send any email or any message uh, where you don't want to be associated with the bad news in that or if you want to make sure that um, you are not reprimanded for it, always send it during the when the moon is void of course, you just google today for example November uh, you put November, Los Angeles, void of course, moon. And then you're going to get all the time. Sometimes it's two minutes, sometimes it's two hours, sometimes it's half a day, where 
the moon is void, of course, and then it will be much better for you to deal with that or to send something that you don't want to be associated with this, you don't want to be um, blamed for. By Jupiter in Pisces until, uh, you mentioned, connection to water, flooding, etc. And the has had their water service terminated. This is supported time to appeal. Yeah, I mean, come on. If your water is not there, you should definitely appeal for it. Um, I wouldn't sue them because Mars is now retrograde uh, if it's possible to avoid. But of course, if you need to do the, you need to fight for something, you should do it. If you have to either um, intro to an agreement, is Mars retrograde go? Sorry, Michael, I didn't understand completely, but uh, I'm talking about the the live Instagram. There are some questions there. Um, if you have to enter into an agreement, yeah, I mean, you can get into an uh, agreement in Mars retrograde. I mean, you can't stop life in Mars retrograde. I mean, surgeries are still going on in love, Mars retrograde. You just have to be a little bit more careful, maybe a little bit more aware, a little bit more mindful. So that will help. Well, I hope to see you guys next Sunday. I think it's next Sunday. Yeah, No, the Sunday after uh, in December 4. If you know people in Los Angeles, uh, send them the link. Uh, we're going to have that spiritual pop-up again. It's going to be a book signing and a lecture. And the book is part of the ticket for the lecture. So December 4, 5 p.m. in Los Angeles. Uh, the link is there. Uh, the link is also on my live Instagram. And soon I should be going to Sofia, Bulgaria, uh, Istanbul. I'm going to be in Paris. I'm going to be in London. So if you need more information about the classes and the readings there, you can always email me. And um, I wish you a great Thanksgiving. I think it's a beautiful holiday that shouldn't be celebrated only in the United States. I mean, here we have this whole story about the Native American giving the pilgrim. I don't know if it's necessary. It ain't necessarily so. The same way that it ain't necessarily so that Moses uh, brought the Hebrews out of Egypt. And yet we do celebrate it for persistently for thousands of years. And it's a great meal. Same thing with Thanksgiving. It is a ritual that is done through food. I mean, connection to food. So try to make the most of it um, and um, really think about what is it that you're thankful for because it totally makes sense to talk about gratitude and thanks and optimism and positivity during Sagittarius, which is always going to be the month for Thanksgiving. So I wanted to thank you guys for making this possible for me and to thank you guys for getting the book. And again, if you can... Take a second and give a review on Amazon of the book. That would really be helpful more than anything else. Um, I even had to take the book here out because we were running out of books. I had to order new ones. So thank you very much for that. It's a great problem to have. And I wish you the best. And I thank you. I thank for you. And see you next week.